One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm. Rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms. Taking life with a grain of salt and lime. Living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time. Nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote. Two stand up comics with stories from the road. We're cutting up. All right, welcome back to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name's Dusty Slay, and this is Hannah Hogan. Hello. We're here together. We missed a week of podcasting, but we are happy to be back. We've had a lot going on. We've been a lot of places. We've been doing a lot of things, and we're just, honestly, we're a little wore out. I had done a podcast with um, with my friend, uh, the Casio Kid, uh, from Huntsville, Alabama, and that podcast is out there, Casio's Cut. And so, if and I'd like you to listen to that one because I think that's very good. I think I shared uh, my story, and I think it's really the best I've ever shared it. And wow. I and I say my story as if it's some epic tale, and it's just you know my my venture into comedy, how I got into it, and where I'm at today. Hmm. And it's very exciting. It's the story that you use to. You know, just wind me down to sleep every night. Yeah, that's right. There was a little boy who grew up in a trailer park in Alabama. That's right. And if you don't know the Casio kid, that's Matt Mitchell. And he, he's been on the radio for a long time down in Huntsville. And we did a show together in Chattanooga, a weekend of shows, a couple of years ago. I did shows with him, too. Yeah, and we had a really good time. I really enjoyed him as a person and as a comedian. So I recommend listening to that, as well as the rest of this podcast. Which is? The We're Having... A Good Time Podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think we forgot to do the intro. Well, we've been we've been forgetting to do our intros and things like that for yeah. a while because we're we're uh, you know we're changing things up. We're always changing and evolving as podcasters, as comedians, and in our own relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you know we got we we've rearranged our podcasting room again uh no one can see it but we've rearranged it and it's the most comfortable it's ever been there's so much space i want to hang out in this room more yeah we've really our our apartment that we're in right now we really enjoy and just thinking about how much we enjoy it and and in the last podcast where we talked more about the rat house it prompted me to want to talk about you know some of the other places that hannah and myself have lived yeah, both of us have lived in a various different places. In our 20s, I mean, in my 20s, I'll say, I never lived in one place longer than two years. So I was pretty much moving every two years for about 12 years. So, you know, I have some tales. I have some very interesting uh, roommates that yeah. I had. and uh, We both really, we both grew up in relatively small towns. I mean, Peterborough, Ontario is where Hannah grew up, and... Peterborough is pretty big to me. Yeah, but I grew up outside of Peterborough, Ontario. And then when I was 16, we moved into the city. Okay. But I grew up on a farm 20 minutes outside of Peterborough in a place called Duro. Okay. Well, I grew up in Opelika, Alabama, and my dad lived in, much like Duro, in a town outside of Opelika called Penton. Mm. And uh, out right outside of Lafette. Mm. And uh, they say that People act like I don't know how to say pen. They say penin, <laughs> but it's P E N T O N, you know. Yeah. But you know penin, mm-hmm. but it's pen. Pen. But whatever. And I like it, and I like those places. But I, the reason that I say that is because, you know, we both were pretty hungry to get out of those towns. Yeah. And not that they're bad. I mean, there's a song by the band Alabama where they say, "My home's in Alabama," and I feel like they really tell the tale. Uh, you know, where it's like you want to get out of your hometown because you need to get out and see things. But it's not because you hate that town. It's because you're hungry to see some other stuff. And see other stuff we did. Yes, we did. Hannah went all the way to Ireland. Yeah. When she was 18. Yeah. I waited until I was 21. And I uh, I first wanted to move to Atlanta with my friend Chris Clearman, and uh, that didn't work out. And then I tried to join the Army, and that didn't work out. And then uh, what was my third attempt? 
I don't know. There was Are you going a, to L.A.? I felt like there was in a third attempt. No. And then I moved to Charleston with my friend Joey Tomlinson. Okay. So, and we've been in a lot of places, but let's, before we get into that, let's do our classic, my favorite, where we've been, where we're going. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been. Where they going. Where, where they been. Where we're going, where we've been. And where we've been. Uh, since it's been two weeks, two weeks ago I opened for the band Alabama in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. There was uh, I was in an arena, uh, the U.S. Cellular Arena, five thousand people in the audience, and I went up and did fifteen minutes, and it was great. I loved it. I didn't get to meet Randy Owen, the lead singer, and Jeff Cook, the uh, guitar, the fiddle player. Uh, he doesn't tour with them anymore. He has. He's sick. Uh, they're all pretty old. And then uh, I met Teddy. Uh, now I can't think of Teddy's last name, but I met Teddy. Very nice guy. He's the bass player. And this was their 50th year touring. so. And they were still rocking. Yeah, I mean, I loved it. I mean, I did my set, and then I went out into the crowd and just watched the show. Nice. I was like, a couple people came up to me and was talking to me about having a good show and whatnot. But I was like, I was like, dude, I'm a fan of Alabama. I'm trying to watch this show. <laughs> you know what I mean? And awesome. Yeah, it was really great. And then, um, and Hannah, you were in... Uh, two weeks ago, I was in Lowell, Arkansas at The Grove, and uh, that's a comedy club that both Dusty and I have played at uh, a few times now, and I was working with a gentleman named Stuttering John, and he uh, originally is from Howard Stern fame, and I came to learn through working with him that he also wrote on the Jay Leno Tonight Show for quite some time, and you know, and so I did shows with him. And that was fun. Always a good time. And also, uh, I, I guess I'll take this opportunity since we're talking about the Grove in Lowell, Arkansas. Uh, I'm also helping Bill, the owner of that club, promote this uh, stand-up comedy competition that he's doing in August at his club. And it's going to be August 21st to 24th. And submissions are now open. It's going to be a competition called Funniest Comedian in the Heartland. And there's going to be... Uh, women competing against women and men competing against men and uh, the best woman and the best man each get $2,000 and then the second and the third place winners get 500 and 250 respectively Uh, so it's going to be really good and Bill's putting on this competition because he wants to meet more comedians so he can hire them Uh, because sometimes you know being in the middle of the country you don't you're not as uh, connected to uh, all the fresh, hot comics. So. Right. That's what I'll say, uh, if, if, I, if I can jump in here. Oh, please do. I really like Bill. I really like Bill. I really like The Grove. And I just want to say, for anybody out there, it's only $5 to sign up. I mean, I get it. If you're a working comic and, and, and you don't want to give up the weekend, I get it. But he's given away $2,000 to the winner of the men's competition and 2000 to the winner of the women's competition, as well as 500 dollars for each second place and 250 for each third place now i've done some entire feature weekends where 250 dollars was my pay we're a little closer to the window now where we're at so you may hear the sirens i don't know if you do or not but um there's a siren going by right now that's why i bring it up but the um so there's a chance to make prize money out of the top three and i think he's only taking what 30 15 of each yeah so there's a pretty good chance that that's going to be you six winners in total. six winners in total and then the, and then we've helped lay out a way that you'll be there thursday friday and saturday so whether you win or lose you're going to get three shows you're going to get to perform each day and i tried to line that up because i know that in the past i've done a you know competitions where it's like all right i didn't win and now I don't get to perform anymore, or I don't get—I didn't win, and now nothing matters. At least this way, you still get to perform in front of an audience. He's going to work out some hotels that are very cheap in the area, and uh, and then he's going to provide some food and some some booze. And Bill's a really good dude. I mean, I like him, you know. And um, and I think that uh, if you're if you're struggling to get work. Uh, it's a good opportunity to get booked at another place. I mean, he's booked me to headline there several times. Hannah's done some feature work, but also had the opportunity to do some headlining work, and it, the timing just didn't work out. 
But, you know, Bill's brought me and several of my friends up there to do the club, and it's like, you know, he's just an independent club owner who, who likes comedy. And I think it's a fun room, and I think he's a good guy. I mean, so many people complain about not getting work uh, that I think it's good. I'm going to try, if I can, to get some other bookers from the area to go there and watch in hopes that you can get linked. I don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to try. That way you can get linked uh, into other clubs. And I mean, because so much of road work, and this, you know, maybe this could be a tie-in of advice to comics, but I mean, so much road work... Uh, in itself might not you know be some big thing that helps you. you say you go do some club out in the middle of nowhere it's not going to be people there to put you on the tonight show but you're building up your skills to be able to re- perform in front of every audience and that is a very important skill if you can perform and entertain every single audience you're going to be dynamite you're going to be unstoppable and the only way to do it is to get in front of those people and sometimes you will fail I have failed in a lot of rooms, but now I don't fail that often because I've failed a bunch and learned how to succeed. Yeah. So if you're interested, it's uh, it's going to be this August, and so submissions are open until July 1st. Uh, it's $5 submissions right now, so send in a, f- a good five-minute video. Um, check out uh, the Grove Comedy Club uh, website. And uh, all the submission information is right there on the Grove Comedy Club website in Lowell, Arkansas. Yeah, and Lowell is right next to Fayetteville. There's some other there's some other independent bookers in the area too that he may be able to get to come. And it's an opportunity to get some other work. It's not far from Little Rock. It's not far from St. Louis, Kansas City. Dallas is not too far away. So if you're in those areas, or even if you're just looking to put together a run, uh, you know you could connect some things through there. So I think it's a good idea. I mean, I, I'm not... And it's like, even if you don't win, I mean, Bill really just wants to meet new good comics. Or yeah. comics that he hasn't met before. The club's only a couple years old, so he's just really trying to expand his network of comedians. I mean, Dusty and I, just through our recommendations, have gotten plenty of headliners from Nashville to go out there and work, just yeah. because Bill didn't know anyone, you know? So... I mean, it's worthwhile to just do it even if you don't take home grand prize. Yeah, he just wants to book. He's always taken care of me. He's always, and I can't guarantee what he'll do for you, but he's been there for me. He's given, he's fed me steaks. He's, uh, you know, given, I've seen him give other comics beer, like beer to even take back uh, to the cabin. He has a cabin that he puts you in when you stay there, when you work the club. And I like the guy. I think it's a good opportunity. So if, if, you know, it's, you know, and he's just trying to build up his reputation. So it's not some big prestigious festival right now, but it's more prize money than I've seen given away at a lot of these festivals, at any festival, honestly. So anyways, yeah, submit. I think it's great. And uh, so Hannah was just there. We've been there lots of times. We really like it. She had a good time. And then you went down to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I went to Tuscaloosa and uh, I did a show down there. Richard Lockhart, and that was really fun. That's a show Dusty and I have done before, so yeah. that was really cool. Great time. And then this past weekend, I was part of the CMA Fest. I hosted a tent uh, or a stage, uh, the Budweiser Forever Country Stage, and uh, I was there all day just bringing up musicians, telling a few jokes in between, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, Charles Eston from, from Nashville was one of the singers. Uh, Thompson Square was there. Uh, Kiefer Thompson of Thompson Squares become well. Actually, they both become friends of mine. But uh, Kiefer uh, has been doing some comedy uh, about town, and we did a show together at Zany's last night. And he's gotten very funny. He's really writing some funny songs. And uh, I mean, he's they're already like I don't know either a Grammy nominated or Grammy winning uh, band, and now he's doing comedy, and I think it's great. And then I did uh, comedy at. Um, Oh, actually, Rita Wilson. I think Tom Hanks' wife was also on the stage. There were other great, great musicians there. I don't want to name them all. What was the band from Canada? I forget what they're called. Oh, the Roadhammers. The Roadhammers. Yeah. Yeah, when I was there, uh, my dad came to town this weekend, and we were watching Dusty from the ground, and... Uh, Dusty was making jokes about how his wife was from Canada, and then all these people started like cheering as Canadians do when they mention Canada and America. And uh, turns out the next band coming up was Canadian. Yeah, the Road Hammers. The Road Hammers. 
and and then I did uh, a set for Sirius XM The Highway, um, a channel on Sirius XM that I've did interviews with before. Uh, they're very very fun, very nice people located here in Nashville, but it broadcast you know wherever Sirius XM is broadcast. But I did a set uh, at Margaritaville here in town. And that went out on the radio, and that was a lot of fun. Hot show. I mean, they had never had a comedian on. They said I was the first comedian. Wow. Normally they just do music, and, uh, you know, no one knew how it would go. But a lot of firsts for you in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am really, really enjoying the country music comedy tie-in that I got going. Yeah. And speaking of that, I this Saturday I did my third uh, appearance at the Grand Old Opry. Yeah. Yeah. This was the first time that Hannah got to see me perform there. Yeah. And then also the first time that um, uh, the uh, um, Hannah's dad and my mom got to to come, so it was all all very exciting and very very fun. And the set went well once again. So uh, and then Charlie Pride was there, which yeah. is a big big time. I mean Charlie Pride is in his eighties, but uh, classic classic country singer, mm-hmm. pioneer. And you nailed it. You, you really crushed it. There's so many people in the audience, and I got to just kind of sit there and watch. And it's a real treat for me to just watch you do stand-up, because usually when I watch you do stand-up, I'm maybe on the, on the same show. Yes. Um, but I got to just wear a dress and wear makeup and have high heels on, and I just watched you do stand-up. And it was just nice to just kind of sit there and watch you just do it. I mean, you did such a good job. Well, it was a great time. I'm yeah. glad you got to go. Yeah. And then, um, so there it is. That's that's where we've been. And where are we going? This weekend, I'm going to Boston. I've never been to Boston. I'm going there to a comedy club called Laugh Boston. I'll be there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That would be the 13th, 14th, and 15th. Ooh, I may have some relatives' birthdays today. i got to get on that. Or maybe it's tomorrow (laughs) and uh, Saturday. i got to find that out right away. Whoa. Um. Wow, I'm freaking out right now. Is it actually. your mom's birthday? It may very well maybe my sister's birthday, who we've already texted <gasps> today. Oh, and uh, uh, we got to get on that. Oh no! Right away. Oh, let's gosh. set a reminder so that when this podcast is over, oh, we give gosh. her a call. Um, oh gosh, that's um, scary and sad. It is scary and sad. <laughs> it is scary and sad. All right. So oh no! Let's set a reminder. I was for, texting his sister about. How do you cure ear aches? Because she always has these herbal remedies. For forty-five minutes, I'm going to set a timer. This is going to. We gonna... could just stop the podcast and call your sister. Um, you want to do that? Yeah, because you're just going to be freaking out the whole time. Yeah, let's just stop it right now, and then we'll come back. We're on the road again, Hen and Dusty are on the road again, telling super funny jokes to all their friends. Hen and Dusty are on the road again. Okay, we're back. Uh, false alarm. It uh, wasn't my sister's birthday. Uh, so a lot of it is uh, in two days. So And what was interesting, when we did talk to your sister, and you said, well, I just hate to forget people's birthdays. And I thought that was interesting because we've been together now a little over four years, and two out of four birthdays of mine, you have not, you have not celebrated. I've never forgotten your birthday. Well, might as well forget it. Ain't bringing me nothing to the table. Yeah, you get presents every day from me. But this is what it's like to be born two days before Christmas. I mean, you know, people just are like, well, there's too much going on. Forget about you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to where we we're at. Uh, I'll be in Boston on the 13th, 14th, and 15th of this week. And that is where we've been, where we're going. And uh, so let's get into, let's talk about some places that we lived. I think that's fun. Story time with Dusty and Hannah. Uh, and Hannah, you you uh, what's a you don't have to start with in in order of of time, but uh, let's start with your roommate that you lived with uh, after you met me in New York. Okay, yeah, let's do it this way, where I'll look at the 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 list and say, "Tell me about that," and you tell you tell me to tell me it. You All right, that. so tell me about when when we met in New York, and then you went back home. To Toronto. Yeah. I went back home to Charleston. Where did you... So when I moved... So I lived in New York for about five months. And I thought I was going to stay there, but uh, ICE 
thought otherwise because I didn't have any legal papers to live in America. So I went back to Toronto and I ended up getting a job um, on this TV show I was working on called Meet the Family. And um, I didn't have anywhere to live because I had left my apartment when I moved to New York. So I ended up moving in with this guy named Michel. He was a French-Canadian. And uh, I lived right downtown Toronto. And initially moving in with him, things were cool. You know, he seemed a little uh, like OCD about cleanliness. But he explained to me, you know, I'm OCD about cleanliness because... Uh, I have Crohn's disease, so I just need everything to be clean, all dishes to be clean. And he said I could use the dishes and stuff like that, which is perfect for me. I, you know, I moved into an already, uh, you know, a room with already had furniture and a bed and stuff. Right. So I was like, great. Um, and then he found out that I did stand up and he was pretty supportive and he would talk to me about it. And, um, you know, I ended up writing a joke about him in my stand-up. I actually forget what the joke is now, but it was a joke that I used for a long time. Well, that's too bad because that's you know part of the reason why I wanted to hear this story from you was because the you know your joke about him was pretty funny. Do you remember it? Uh, well, he 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 start his crone started to get worse, and then like one of the no 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 or one of the bathrooms broke or no 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 no. no. This is what happened. Okay. His Crohn's got worse because I triggered his Crohn's oh. with my stand-up. Oh, no. I think. I don't know. Maybe that's just... Oh, he was creeping on yours. Oh, oh. The roommate... A roommate moved out. Yeah. And then some... Because there was two yeah. people that lived there, and a roommate yeah. moved out, and then... Then it was just me and him, right? So it was... So it was his apartment, and he subletted it. And when I moved in, there was another guy kept to himself, super quiet. He had like a wife in Ottawa and he was just working in Toronto, making money. Then that guy moved out and it was just me and him. And he ostensibly wasn't looking for another roommate because no one else moved in. Right. Um, so I did a joke about him. It was a very harmless joke, but in the joke, I called him maybe like 45 years old or something like that. Like I said, this guy's like 45 years old and he took offense to that. Now, now I didn't post. Tell me, tell me how what he said to you in the kitchen. Oh, so, so I find. So keep in mind, I didn't share this stand-up video on any of my social medias. I just posted it. I just uploaded it on YouTube. So he found it somehow, right? And like immediately within a day, and and he just comes up from behind me this is pretty foggy my memory and it wasn't even that long ago but he, he comes up from behind me and he goes uh, I, I saw your stand up video and I said oh okay how'd you like it because I'm not even thinking like that he would take offense to this joke he's like just so you know I am not 45 and then things really changed in the house the vibe of the house Because before this, he would, like, trap me and want to talk to me forever. And I would always have to just escape so he wouldn't talk to me. But now, you know, he never talked to me. He would always, like, get upset with me, um, you know, if I, like, did anything. And then all of a sudden, I would notice, like, he was staying up late, watching TV, uh, and eating a lot of junk food, okay? And this is a guy that has Crohn's disease. So I'm thinking, man, he's really sliding here, right? Now, I don't know if it's because of my thing, but something's going on with him, right? Yes. And so he starts to be unwell physically. Now, he has a bathroom in his master bedroom, but he starts using the hallway bathroom, which is my bathroom, Um, Which he previously never used, but he would go in there for hours on end. For hours on end, he would be in there. And I'm like, okay. And so I would just not, I just, for a long time, I just didn't say anything. Or for like a month, I didn't say anything. Then what started to happen was he was leaving man diapers in garbage bags all over the house. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Because he was, you know, having some problems with his Crohn's. So, I, and and keep in mind, I'm, at this point, busy shooting this TV show that I was writing for and now acting in. So, I would be gone, like, all day. Um, and, and I would come home, and there would just be, it was just the place smelled like shit. 
because it's just like because he was in such physical duress, uh, like he was just so unwell and ill that he couldn't leave the apartment. And you know, days turned into weeks, and I had I and at this point I didn't even want to use the bathroom because it was just like I don't know what he was doing in there, but he was taking like long baths and he was just he was in there for hours and these diapers were piling up and, 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 and at this point I'm not even mad at him. I, I feel bad for him because he's losing a lot of weight. And I just said to him, you need to go to the doctor. Like you're not well. Like, and he was asking me to pick him up diapers and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, I can't like, I did it for him a couple times. And this is in Canada where they can go to the hospital for free. Yeah. yeah. Canada. So I said, you need to go to the doctor. So he went to the doctor and he was, he was in the hospital for, uh, probably a week and a half. Wow. Yeah. And he came back and he, he was very skinny, very, very skinny. And then he was still sick. Like he was still sick. So then he was home for a couple days and he went back to the hospital. And I remember him telling me previously that no one had stayed in his apartment for longer than a year. And I remember when he first told me, I thought, that's weird because it's such a great location. It's a pretty good price. And yeah, you have to live with this weirdo, but you know, it's, it's, you can't really beat it if you're trying to like save money and, and live in a really like convenient location right downtown Toronto on Queen Street. And, but, yeah, it got to the point where it's like he was leaving garbage bags of diapers uh, everywhere. And I, it just was disgusting. And honestly, and you might not want to hear this, Dusty, but I mean, I was like loosely dating a guy at this time. And I just, it, it became more serious just because I needed somewhere to stay. Like, I just didn't <laughs> want to like go back to this apartment. I understand women do that a lot, I think. I mean, I've never done something like that before, but but at that point it was kind of like, well, I can't I don't even have anywhere to shower and I would have to go and shoot stuff. Like, yeah. you know, so it's like and so so then I was like, all right, I got to get out of here. So I moved out. Well, you know, uh, you told that story when I once when I came up to visit you when you were still living in Toronto. You told that at a place like Mo Mondays or something. It was a storytelling show. Yeah, I did have a joke about it. Yeah, and you told it, and it was really funny. And uh, but that's still an interesting place that you lived, and uh, now you're out of there. All right, what do you got for me? I wish I could remember what even the joke was that I said about him. Um. Um. Okay, tell me about Sergeant Jasper. Oh, Sergeant Jasper. I had uh, that was the third place that I lived when I was in Charleston. It was a tall building. Uh, I lived on the ninth floor. It was one of the tallest buildings in Charleston, and uh, I, I had only been in Charleston about six months, maybe a year, because I moved in initially with my friend Joey, and we 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 split. We got mad at each other in about two months. And then I lived with somebody else to finish off his lease, and then he moved. So I moved to Sergeant Jasper. Up until, I mean, that is, to this day, the only place that I've ever lived alone. I've never lived in a place alone except for Sergeant Jasper. I had a studio apartment, and it was downtown, and it was right next to the Colonial Lake. I think they're tearing down the Sergeant Jasper, which makes me a little sad. Uh, Everything that I used to do in Charleston is being taken away, but... uh, I, I so the the apartment is called Sergeant Jasper. Yes. Okay. I thought it was going to be a dude. I thought I was excited to see who. This oh Sergeant no, Sergeant Jasper was the apartment complex, and they had an elevator in there. And I was working at Hyman's, and I was also work at, just started the pesticide job, and I was just drunk all the time. I would get <laughs> drunk, and I'd just ride my bike home from the bars back to Sergeant Jasper, and I got got into a lot of conflicts around the apartment complex. Uh, had a, went on the rooftop with some people up there. We weren't supposed to go. I made friends with all the security guards because all the security guards were young. So I would come in all drunk and uh, make friends with them. And uh, I went to all the Sergeant Jasper parties. Why were you drinking so much? 
I don't know. I don't, that's a weird question. I don't know. I was 21. I was 21 and yeah. 22, and I was partying. Yeah. I was having a good time. Right. And uh, it was awesome. But I also used to run around the Colonial Lake. I was doing a little running, doing a little exercising. I had a bike. I, I wrecked a bike a few times. It's tough to ride a bike drunk. And uh, But that was... That was one of my most fun apartments, but also I had some of my most embarrassing experiences while living there. Honestly, Sergeant Jasper, uh, my place on Folly Beach, and then James Island, those were the three places where I was the drunkest, and where and that was a span of years, and where I embarrassed myself the most. But I went on, I went on a pretty bad date one time where I went out with this girl. I don't even know how serious she was about the date in the beginning. But I went out with her and, like, some of her friends, and it started off really fun. Like, I was getting along with everybody. We were all having a good time, but I kept drinking. And then I <laughs> and I got wasted, and I got mad about some stuff. And then she was like, oh. Were, were you dating, or was this a first no, date? No, no, first date. Oh, gosh. And then we had hung out at a bar one night, and then, you know, we met at a bar. We hung out that night and then agreed to go on a date. And, uh, yeah, and then I, I got mad, and then I left her. Uh, I left her at the bar. I mean, it didn't matter. I mean, I didn't go pick her up at her house. I just left. And uh, and then I called and left voicemail. I left like three voicemails. It was the worst. I was just so mad and so drunk. And uh, it was the mo. Uh, the next day was the first time I really felt that. Not the last time, but the first time I really felt that humiliation of what did I do last night? Yeah. And I just remember being so embarrassed. I went over to a friend's house and was just talking. My friend John Brennan, who's like the greatest person to talk to when you're hungover, because he's like, yeah, whatever, dude. You know what I mean? He's like, he's just so cool about it. He's like, hey, it happens. And, uh, but man, gosh, that was embarrassing. I hope she deleted those voicemails. <laughs> I was just, I wasn't doing it. It was clear, clear that I was drunk and my feelings were hurt. And that's all it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, but man, drunk, so embarrassing. Drunk, dusty. Yes, but I also had a lot of fun. I had a I met a guy that lived there. Him, him and his girlfriend lived in an apartment, and uh, his name was Jonathan. And we would hang out, and I would smoke black and milds on the porch, and he would smoke rolled cigarettes. And we ended up after he broke up with his girlfriend. I remember hanging out in his apartment, just smoking rolled cigarettes and drinking. He would always be drinking like little cheap bottles of wine. And it was a nice community because a lot of us would hang out on the porch there, just a community. And he he ended up burning me a bunch of Radiohead CDs. And that was back, you know, when it was computers were around, but I didn't have one. And then uh, another guy burned me some Bill Hicks CDs, and that's where I was just getting into comedy. I was living in Sergeant Jasper, hanging out on the porch, drinking with a friend when John Brennan called me. To, to tell me to come do comedy. And I did front comedy for the first few times while living in the Sergeant Jasper. Right on. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. So tell me about um, tell me about when you lived uh, in Toronto and you, you had a, a neighbor above you that you used to go hang out with. Oh. So... My first, when I first moved to Toronto, I moved with my two high school friends uh, from Peterborough. I'd moved back from Ireland, and all three of us were moving to Toronto to go to college. And so we moved to Parkdale, and we got our own apartment, and it was the three of us. And it was really cool. It was such a great place. That was probably the place that I've stayed the longest. I was there for like three years. And there was a first floor and a basement, which we all lived in. And then there was a second floor, which was a like a bachelor unit. And then there was an addict in the house. And uh, in the addict lived this old native Canadian guy named Joe. Now, just for... Um I know the term native because I've hung out with you. But, you know, we would say... I think Native American, right? That would be the equivalent of Native American, but Native Canadian. Yeah, I mean, okay. I just say, I just, you know, we say Aboriginal. I mean, I guess people say Indigenous people. I, I, I don't just, know. Yeah, I just want to be clear. He's he's Native. Yeah. And um, so when we first moved in, you know, we were like twenty, twenty one. So we're partying on weekends, um, drinking, hanging out, and we it, we come to find out that Joe has marijuana. And uh, that's my thing. That's what I like. 
that's what I liked the most, right? Like, my friends were drinkers, but I was always more into the marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... Originally, you know, it'd be when we were partying, we would knock on, we'd go up the stairs and we'd knock on Joe's door and then Joe would let us up and he'd be loving it because it's just a bunch of 20 year old girls. He was in his 50s, late 50s probably. And he'd be like, yeah, come on up. And he would be rolling cigarettes for us and smoking doobies with us. And we'd listen to classic rock and just sit there on his couch. And, and then that was that. And then, uh, Eventually, you know, the party slows down, but I wake up the next day, I want to do a little day smoking, you know. So I would go up there by myself. And my roommates, pretty protective of me, they were like, don't go up there by yourself. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go up there by myself. <laughs> so I got into the habit of, you know, just knocking on his door every couple days. And he was really generous. Sometimes he'd give me weed, sometimes he'd give me cigarettes. And I'd <laughs> just be sitting there with this guy, Joe. Uh, you know, smoking his weed, basically. <laughs> and uh, and then once I was sufficiently high, I would go back downstairs. And uh, and that, you know, that was on and off for three years. I wasn't going there every day or even, like, consecutively every, every week. I would, like, you know, I would quit smoking weed for months at a time, and then I would start again, you know. Classic Hannah. And uh, so at the end of us living at the apartment I went up to Joe's door and I was like hey Joe I'm moving out we'll do one last smoke and Joe's like yeah and um and at this point my roommates are like why are you hanging out with this guy this guy's creepy he's just kind of like you know he's just like this old dude that lives up in the attic and he's just like very socially awkward and stuff and I'm like he's fine he's just Joe you know and so I go up there and we do our last smoke and I'm like all right Joe take it easy right so I graduate college, I move downtown Toronto, right? And I'm subletting, and I'm broke, and I'm just like a little scraggly improviser. I have no money, um, and uh, I get a little fiendish for weed. Oh, no. So, So I, like, walk back to Parkdale, which is, you know, a good hour walk. But I walked all the time in Toronto. I mean, you just walk all over that city. And so I, I did this long long walk up to Joe's, and I was like, I bet if I just knock on his door, he'll let me in. And so I, and so at this point, I probably haven't seen Joe. I haven't been living there for maybe four months. And I knock on this door, and he answers it. And he's like, yeah, come on in, come on in. But he's like kind of surprised to see me. He's like wearing a robe or whatever. He's just like, oh, yeah, come on in. And so I sit down, and we do the thing, you know. He's, like, gives me some cigarettes. He smokes me some weed. Um, we're just hanging out. I'm really high. And then, all of a sudden, he opens up his robe and whips out his his oh, member. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, Joe. Whoa, dude. And I'm like, I got to go. Yeah. And so I just legged it out of there. And, you know, oh, I felt so grossed out. I mean, he just exposed himself to me. And upon thinking about it, though, I'm like, you know what? He was probably like, this girl needs to leave me alone. So either she does this thing with me or I do something that makes her piss off forever. Yeah. And damn, if that didn't work, Joe. Because I never went back there again. Yeah, I think so. Joe was like, you know what? we got to figure out what's going on here. Either we're hooking up or we're not doing this. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah, because from his point of view, I'm just like this cute 21-year-old that's always knocking on his door. And he hasn't done anything but, you know, be generous with me. Yeah. And then I show up four or five months later out of the blue. And he's thinking, maybe something's going to happen. I might as well try. And I'm like, no, dude, I was just using you for weed. <laughs> well, at least he knows now. Yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I not tell you that story? No, I don't think so. No, I, I was writing an essay about it, but I've never posted it. I got a lot of essays. Yeah. yeah you <laughs> like, get I got on a it. lot of drafts. Yeah, you got to get on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay, should I ask you more? Yeah, ask me one more, and then and then we'll uh, then we'll move on to something different. All right. Um. I mean, all. Well, let's, I want to hear about your apartment with Lee Harden. 
Oh, well, Lee Harden, a comic in town. I, uh, Lee Harden actually, um, I had come up to do a show. I still live in Charleston. I came up to do a show. Keith Alberstadt had said, you know, anytime you want to come up, if I'm doing a show, you know, in Nashville, or I don't know, however it worked, he was like, I'll put you on my show in Nashville if you want to do it. And I was like, great. I live in Charleston. That's like an eight-hour drive. So people want to talk to me about, oh, that's too far to go for that. I mean, I drove eight hours, nine hours possibly, to do 15 minutes on a show in Nashville for no pay and no place to stay. I mean, I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And I came up here and I did the show. And obviously, you know, I'm in with Zany, so all that paid off. But um, Lee was at that show, and he, he messaged me, and we, we got to talking, you know, back and forth from, from I was still living in Charleston. And he would just ask me, you know, advice on, on comedy and whatnot. And then uh, as things developed, I, I, told, I told Lee, I was like, you know, I said, I think, I'm move, I, think I want to move to Nashville. And Lee was like... He was like, oh, yeah. He was like, well, I'm looking to move out of the place that I'm living in. And so we just decided, you know, without even knowing each other, we were like, let's get a place. So Lee went and found us a place to live. And uh, so Lee did all the work, found the place. I, you know, I sent money in for the deposit and whatever. And Lee found us a place over on the West End where I still live, my favorite part of Nashville. Uh, all but a, All but one year I've lived here on the West End. And uh, so we moved in. It was this lady. She lived upstairs, and we lived kind of in the basement, but there was a backdoor entrance. And, yeah, I mean, we lived there, had a weird driveway. I had a good time. I was working at Spectreside the whole time that I was there. I took that job seasonally. Uh, I got into comedy living there. and You were living there around the time I was living with the Crohn's guy. Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah, yeah I guess so. No, it would have been, yeah. And I lived there a, a little while. I mean, Derek uh, Humphrey stayed with me there one night. I mean, uh, a few friends had come into town and stayed with me. And I really liked the apartment. I thought it was great. It, it was a, it was on a hill, and I would lay in the backyard on this hill. I would just put a towel back there, and I would just lay in the sun on this hill. <laughs> and deer would come back there, and chipmunks, and squirrels. And I loved it. I would just lay out there, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And... Um, one day, Lee was like, hey, I think I'm going to move. Uh, we didn't really sign a lease with the lady. She We just were month to month with her. And Lee was like, hey, I think I'm going to move back to Murfreesboro. And I was like, oh, okay. When do you think about doing that? He was like, I don't know, next month. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay then. Yeah, so... I talked to the landlord, and I was like, hey, I, I said, you know, Lee's looking to move out. And I said, I'd like to keep living here if that's okay with you, and, and you just find somebody to move in. And she was like, okay, great. And then, you know, it was took about a week, two weeks, and she, she wasn't having any luck finding anyone. And she goes, you know, she's like, I'm having a hard time finding somebody to move in. Just so you know, though, you'll be responsible for that half of the rent. And I was like, oh, well, I thought that's what I was asking you when I said I'd like to stay. I mean, I'm like, of course I could pay all the rent and stay. That's not even a question. Uh, so I just um, got on Craigslist, and that's when I found the rat house. <laughs> and I went to look at a room for $450 a month. I went to look at a room, and they were showing me around in there, and then they showed me this tiny room. And they were like, we're also renting that one in there. They were, and I said, well, what's that one cost? They were like, that one costs two fifty. And I go, that's what I want. Sign me up. So I moved in. That's how I got into the rat house. <laughs> yeah, it all comes together. It all worked out because the apartment with Lee was like five hundred fifty a month, and at the time, I might, I, it would have been a real struggle for me, especially going full time comedy. So. It did all work out because you paid two fifty for a while, and then you moved into a better bedroom, but you paid more money. But then when I moved in with you, I took over the two fifty yeah room, which was great because I, you know, I'm on a really weird budget because I can't really get a normal job on my current visa at the time. Yeah, so story time with Dusty and Hannah. 
here's you know there's a few more things uh, off of the apartment stuff now we're now let's get into something else i mean my comedy central video i don't know if we've talked about this but it's at 1.2 million views it really has taken off and that's very exciting that's on youtube if you'd like to go watch that and then um uh, also, with the thing this weekend, I did a man on the street thing with the Opry. So I went around on the street during CMA Fest and talked to some um, talked to some people about CMA Fest. And hopefully, the Opry is going to put together a fun thing and have that going. Um, and June twenty sixth, I'll be at Zanies. I got another show at Zanies. That's going to be very exciting. We have some cool people on that. Who are you going to have? I don't know. Oh, okay. uh, it's going to be good though. I don't want to pull up the lineup right now. I don't know, but. Um, and then my mom came to visit this weekend, and Hannah's dad also came to week stay. And we have a two-bedroom, but, you know, we don't have a lot of space. So, But we had them all stay here because hotels were outrageous this weekend. So we had them all stay here, and my mom has never met Hannah's dad. And the morning that they met, Hannah's dad was just getting out of the shower, and I guess he didn't lock the door. And my mom just walked right in on Hannah's dad. Yeah, we think that, yeah. So, And we woke up to just cackling, just loud laughter, just ha, 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 ha. And I was like, what is going on out there? And I there go, was, There was dad jokes for about four hours. Yeah, my that. mom and her friend Lisa and Hannah's dad, I mean, they were just hitting jokes out there left <laughs> and right. Yeah, because my dad came to town on Friday, uh, early on Friday, and then his... But he was really tired, so he went to bed early on Friday night. But his mom, Dusty's mom and her friend came home, came to our place late Friday. So they didn't meet each other until the next morning. And so his mom was all groggy and then, yeah, walked in on him. We don't know what she saw or how that worked out exactly, but they had a good time with it. Because both our, my dad's really jokey and easygoing and just, you know, loves to just be fun and... And Dusty's mom's like that, too. So they really got along. It was really fun. I was kind of like, I actually knew that they would get along, but I was just kind of like, the only thing I was kind of, not concerned about, but I wondered about was like if there'd be any kind of like cultural uh, differences, you know, because sometimes I, like when I talk to Dusty's relatives, sometimes their accents are so uh, thick that I have a hard time understanding um, what they're saying. Or if they're getting into a rhythm of jokes, it's just kind of, over my head sometimes so I just wondered if that if my dad would feel that way too because my dad's like a million times more Canadian than me so um but there was none of that there was just lots of good times and we had a great time this weekend and um and it was really fun right Dusty it was really fun we had a great time yeah I have a little bit of an earache and um so it's really like kind of hindering me at this point I've taken my headphones off we haven't done a podcast in a while, but as I talk, I can feel my ear hurting. So let's uh, wrap it up, and I'll so, get you a little olive oil and garlic in you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we've been eating really well. We've been really trying to work on our diets. Uh, food on the road segment has all but died because we, we don't, we're don't. we not eating out really anymore. My friend Costa is coming to town today. I'm about to go have some dinner with him. I haven't seen him in a long time. It's one of my oldest friends. I was going to make some lentils and mushroom casserole, but... Dusty's going to be doing something else. I'm going to be hanging out with some friends. Yeah. So, well, we just wanted, you know, we wanted, you know, we, we are, we are, we are, you know, dedicated to making this weekly. It's just sometimes we just become, literally, we just don't even have time. Yeah. Like, and I know people say that, but then they watch like a Netflix show four hours every night. And they're like, I'm so busy, yet I watch five different Netflix shows. We yes. don't watch any shows. No, we don't. We're just, we, we're gone half the week traveling. And then, yeah, sometimes I'm home and yeah, I could do the podcast. I mean, I honestly could, but let's be honest. I mean, you guys don't want to hear me. <laughs> so, well, I don't makes, know why you, I don't know why you think that. You I'm not saying you say don't want to hear me. You, you always say that. You don't want to hear me even, like two weeks in a row. That doesn't even make any sense. Well, you but you know what I'm saying. You know, it's more fun when you got that. Well, I hear the words coming out of your mouth. But you, I mean, I'm not trying to be self-deaf or have people be like, "No, we love you, Hannah." I'm just being real. You know what I mean? One hundred. Um, gross! I can't believe I just said that. Um, but yeah. But we have um, 
My California video of my trip to California is on YouTube. I don't know if I've talked about it. I'm sure that I have, but I think it's a fun video. I really enjoy it. And so if you want to check that out, that's a lot of fun. And um, and I'm working on some top five. I want to do some top five country songs with uh, Dusty Slay. So I have a few things here. I have uh, with uh, uh, Father's Day coming up, I wanted to do top five country songs about dads. But I'm not going to have that ready. I only have three that I really like. I'm going to find the other two. I have songs about old flames, songs about working, top five country songs about drugs. Is Neil Young's Old Man considered a country song? I don't think that's about dad, so is it? I always think of my dad when I hear it. Well, it's top five country songs. Yeah, old man, look at my life. Top five country songs about racing. Uh, I got songs about horses. Um, All right, well, I'm just telling you, that song is about dads. Songs about being country, about the jukebox, warning songs, songs that make you go dang, <laughs> uh, motivation songs, songs about living simple, and the five country songs by A. Hank Williams, meaning Hank Williams Sr., Hank Williams Jr., or Hank Williams III. So if any of those, if you have any suggestions for any of those, some of them I already have five, but I'd love people's input just to see what they have to say because I'd like to add to it. For example, um, you know, songs about working. I got 40 Hour Week by Alabama. Uh, the funny funny thing about that song to me, 40 Hour Week, I got a, a buddy back in Alabama, and he loves Alabama. He loves the, the band, and we used to listen to it all the time. But he didn't like that song because they gave a shout-out to the police. <laughs> He just, you know, he just, I guess he had a rough relationship with the police, and he, he didn't like it. Mm. Wow. So that that's what's happening. Uh, come check out our shows. Stay in touch with us on social media, at Dusty Slay, at Miss Hannah Hogan. Uh, we've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. As always, uh, stay in touch with us. Thank you. Send us anything to DustySlayComedy at gmail.com. Subscribe to my email list on my website, DustySlay.com, to find out where I'll be doing a show in your town. Thank you very much. We're having a good time. Rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms. Taking life with a grain of salt and lime. Live it, love it.